Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. I want to speak this morning on the reality that you and I are designed and destined to hear from God. As a human, you're designed to hear from God. It's his, it's his desire and how He formed you, how He made you, how He designed you, and how He created you before the foundations of the earth. You are designed to hear from God. Uh, as believers, you and I in our nature are designed to have faith. And uh, this morning, I want to share a little bit in and around that and uh, help us in this place. Like, actually, you're not know, hearing God's pretty easy, but there's a whole lot of obstacles that we've placed in the way to how and why we don't hear God. But uh, your, the design of who you are is to hear God. So I want to read a scripture, and uh, if we can put that up on the screen, please. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, and he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he said, and he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they barely hear, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I'm going to heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. That's for you. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and hear to hear And did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes in and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. As for what is sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet it has no root in himself but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what is sown among thorns, 
This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and prove it unfruitful. As for what is sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So Jesus, what I want to speak about is the reality or the ability to hear. There's certain things in our posture and how life has treated us and circumstances and how we perceive life, how we perceive God, that determines on how we hear. And you and I hear primarily from our hearts. Yes, we can hear audibly the Lord speak, but primarily you and I hear from our hearts. As new covenant believers where the Spirit of God has to come rest and abide and make His dwelling place in you, we hear Him in our hearts. In the old covenant, the Spirit of God used to come upon somebody, they would hear clearly and respond. You and I who have believed in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to reside in you, and that's how He speaks to us, but... How often are we hearing, or are we perceiving, or we have we got a mind to perceive, or eyes to see, and ears to hear? And there was one time where Jesus was going to speak about himself going to the cross in John 12, and he says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. That was a voice coming from heaven. Second time, the voice has come from heaven. The first time was to set Jesus into office in this, you're my son in whom I love and I'm well pleased. Those are three things we should be hearing every single day of our life from a father who loves us and who is kind. You're my son, you're my daughter in whom I love and I'm well pleased. That was a, the father's voice. And the second time, it's then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. But the crowd, the crowd stood there and heard and said it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken. But Jesus said this, and this is what I want to say to you. The voice of God, the voice has come for your sake and not mine. You and I have the ability to hear God, and he wants to speak. He's not a father that has a mask on his mouth. Excuse the pun. Or it's not muffled. He doesn't speak clearly. He, he wants to make himself clear. So it's not the ability of the Father speaking, it's our ability to hear and, and what has stopped our hearing. And, uh, you know, you and I who have walked with God, we've got the Word and we can hear God speak with the Word of God. That's why we do encourage people to read and to study and to listen. Why? Because you give the Holy Spirit something to work with, but the Holy Spirit doesn't need that. He will speak anyway. Because he's kind. He's a father that wants to get your attention because he cares about you. And he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care where you are, how you are, where you've been, where you're going to. He wants to get your attention because he knows the ultimate plan for your life and he wants to turn it. And he wants to direct you into the path that he's created you for. And um, the nature of you and I is to have faith. And why is Hearing God so important. Hearing produces faith. And this is what it says in Romans 10 verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, comma. Hearing comes through the word of Christ. What word of Christ have you heard that has produced faith in your heart? 
and hopefully you'll be able to unpack some of that today. The word that you're hearing is either diminishing your faith or your trust or your belief in him, or it is placing you in a place where it's increasing in your life. Because faith is this. Faith is the word in the, in the Greek and in, in the Hebrew. It's, it's the word persuasion. I'm persuaded of something. I'm persuaded of your nature. I'm persuaded of your character. I'm persuaded of the work of Christ. Therefore, it's produced a trust in me to keep coming towards you even when my behavior or circumstances want to chase me away. Or the prevailing culture is speaking something against what the knowledge of God is speaking towards me. See, my faith and my confidence comes from what I've heard and I know as truth. It's revelation to me. So my journey of what I know and what I have heard him say has produced confidence in me. But confidence and strength come from what I am currently hearing him say to me. And how do we hear God? Yes, we hear God reading the word of God. We hear him when when somebody else is speaking or when you hear worship, or you're in a conversation where all of a sudden something jolts you, and you, oh, there's a different voice speaking into my reality, and into my culture, into my household. We need people like that that can bring us back, or realign us into the place of where the realm of God is, because in the realm of God, you hear clearly, and faith rests primarily in the realm of rest, And if you go and read Hebrews 4, the encouragement is for us to strive to enter into rest. That's the only striving that we ought to be doing concerning hearing God's voice. It's to strive into getting into rest because in the realm of rest I hear clearly because the noise is away from that place. And if he, he wants to get your attention, he'll, he'll shout to get your attention, but ultimately he doesn't want to shout because we lose it in translation through distance. We, we want to be close so it's clear. And when you're close, you're feeling the substance of who the one is who speaks to you. And it makes it more... When my wife and I are in a really great space to one another, we hear one another clearly when we are close. When our presence is safe with one another, we hear one another close. We can speak the hardest things to one another, but we feel so safe because we are there for one another, not speaking against one another. So my faith and my strength comes from what I'm currently hearing because he wants to consistently speak. He wants to speak to your heart. And uh, you see, my responsibility and my privilege then are then to obey and act upon what I'm hearing. And, and the word obedience is a beautiful word. It means that you've received instruction from the Father face to face. Now you can go and do it. It's not the killjoy. It's something so beautiful that we get to respond to because our Father's speaking. And on my journey, I've realized this, that the discovery of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the discovery of the kingdom has primarily come through surrender and not through striving. Now, Surrender was a, a tough thing for me as a military boy because we, you don't surrender. But when I learned to surrender to the one, it changes everything. I work hard. I don't surrender. I'm not, I'm not going to allow 
things of this world and the culture. I'm not going to tolerate things that if, I, if you tolerate something, it's going to dominate you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to surrender to the system of the world. I'm not going to surrender to the prevailing culture, but I, pres- I surrender to the one who holds the kingdom of heaven within his heart, and he wants to invest that to me. And, and there's a story. So we came back from the United States. We led a church. We went to the United States for two years to study, came home. I probably had like 10 grand in my pocket with an extra kid. So we got five kids, came back, 17 bags, nowhere to go, no nothing, no job. I had a couple of mates who were at a distance saying, oh, let's see how that works out for you. And we, we went to Nelspreid on, on two words, surprise, surprise. So a lady, a lady comes... You know the guy who was preaching here the other week. So a lady comes to us while we're in the States, and she says, listen, I want to apologize for the word I'm going to give you, but I know it's from God. Surprise, surprise. I'm like, well, thanks so much. That could mean a whole lot of things. The next day I meet a guy who I'm really good friends with. I meet him. He says, listen, you need to meet this guy, surprise, at all. I'm like, okay, God, you're getting my attention. I said, I want to meet this guy because of the word that someone's given me. I phone surprise. He says, come. Just come, giggles, there's no jobs, there's no nothing. He's just, come help me plant churches. So we went, and then there was a discovery process of why, why we were there and why we went there. But one day in me going, how is this going to work out? <laughs> because I responded, and when we arrived, I'm like, okay, but no, what now? What am I going to do? Where am I going? Lord, you've spoken, and you're not speaking. You've spoken, I'm here now, and I need your voice, and I need you to carry on speaking. So one day, I, I, I tested the striving versus surrender thing. So in Nelspray, there's amazing big rocks. They're like mountains. They are massive. So I said to myself, self, you're going to try everything. You're going to try everything. Surrender has worked previously, but I think we're going to change it up, and we're going to strive. We're going to sweat. We're going to we're going to do everything. So I went to this mountain in Nelspreit. My mate had a, a lodge. Now at the lodge, there was green grass. The bucks were there. There was this massive tree. It was, it was like beautiful. I decided to go to the rock where there were no trees. Forgot my cap the one day. And I'm up there, and I am shanda barandering. I'm giving it horns. I'm praying. I was praying on my knees. I was praying sitting down. I prayed lying down. I prayed on my back. I prayed everything. I said to myself, you're going to drink water only, and you are going to rend the heavens that he can come down, forgetting that uh, the heavens were torn open a long time ago. So we forget in the process because we... We have moments of panic. We have moments of what shall I do now because we've forgotten what worked previously. We think, oh, I'm going to reinvent the wheel for something else to happen. So for three days I did this. I had no voice. It was dry. My head was peeling at the end. I didn't want water anymore. I just wanted beer. And I was like, this is is not working. (laughs) So I go down. I can be honest. eh? So I go back and I'm packing my clothes away. Tanzi's going to come pick me up a certain time. While I'm packing up, I'm like, oh, well, Lord, you know, that didn't work. And he said, go and sit under a tree. He said, go sit under a tree. And and I I feel that moment now. I, I feel that moment as clear as it was then. I heard his voice in complete surrender. I was like, well, that didn't work. This works. I'm going back to rest. I haven't heard you there. I've tried it. 
I said, last time, I'm ever going to try that. He said, go sit under the tree. And I said, Father, I know what you're going to say to me. He said, you're going to tell me to sit under the tree and look at the birds of the sky who ne neither sow nor reap, but you look after them. He says, well, let's unpack the scripture. So as we unscript, I am going, God, what are we going to do? What am I going to do in my life? I've got a wife. I think I've got three grand left in my bank account. I've got, I, I'm, I feel like I'm up a fast-moving river in this boat that's leaking with no paddles. I'm going, I, I need you. So, mm. So I was asking God for something very specific in my life. And what he did, he met my felt need. So as you read through that scripture, the birds that neither sow nor reap, and the heavenly father looks after them, are you not more valuable? And he's stuck on my value. So he's stuck on my value. So it's, it's the, I went to the Lord for something. He spoke to me and met my needs, my ultimate need, because in my value, I got confidence again to pursue the call of God and what he wanted me to pursue. You see, it was faith was produced in the hearing and brought confidence back for me to go and start walking ago, walking again. And that built, that's history right there. That, that whole moment that I shared with you, this, I feel it when I speak it. I, I, I sense it. I, I know it. I, it's, it's a flag in the ground. So why, why building history with God is so important is when I can't see and when I can't hear and I can't remember, I turn around and I see a flag in the ground. And the most amazing thing is I first feel it before I hear anything because his voice is in his presence. We wanting to often hear his voice, but if you feel his presence, that's where his voice is because it creates safety for you. It creates a remembrance of this is who he is. But there are these blockages in life called the voice of the past and the voice of the present and the voice of the future that are speaking to you and I so much that we cannot hear in the bustle of what's happening, we can't hear his voice. We can't hear his voice that's written we can't hear the voice of the new covenant. We, we can't hear the voice of redemption. We can't hear those things. So we go back to a system that wants you to strive. What does the voice of the past do for you, actually? Because what, what you can do is you can, you can hear the voice of the past and it can be a negative thing for you, or you can make it into a prophetic declaration. So we've got this negative voice that keeps us stuck the voice of disappointment, the voice of failures, the voice of pain, of loss, of sin's destruction, of history repeating itself and cyclical patterns and I can't change. Or we can do what I said, we can start building history with God and if we find cyclical patterns or, 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 or pain is speaking to us and sin is spoken to us or unforgiveness is speaking to us and all of these things are speaking to us in our past, we go back and we say, God, this is something that is undealt with. I need to take this pain and I need to make it a testimony. 
I need to build something here of your faithfulness. So I'm going to stay here, and you're going to deal with this pain. You're going to deal with this frustration. You're going to deal with this anger. You're going to deal with my past. You're going to deal with my sin's destructions in this moment so I can build a memorial with you. So then this can no longer be a negative prophetic declaration in my life. It can become a testimony of what God has done. So therefore, when the enemy wants to pull me to my past, do you remember that? I said, I remember the breakthrough. You see, because if you, the word confession means to say the same thing over your sin, over your past, over your destruction. You have to say the same thing that God's saying about it. I've dealt with it in Jesus. I've dealt with it in Christ. I've dealt with your past. I've dealt with the hardness. I've dealt with your history in Christ. Or we can have a prophetic moment where we see his healing. We experience it. We see his breakthrough. We experience it. We experience his promises. What about the present voice that you're listening to? Is it the negative one or the prevailing voice, the prevailing culture that is speaking so loudly to you and I that there's no truth to live by? That's what the, the prevailing culture says. There's no, there's no truth to live by. Whose truth are you living by? It's subjective. The realities of news, opinions, and it all produces fear. Or we can have a prophetic future saying, I'm going to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. I'm going to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God where I'm going to study it, I'm going to read it, I'm going to listen to it. Give something for the Holy Spirit to work with. You know, I've got these three people in my life consistently. I've got people who I minister to, and I, I'm telling you, every time I minister to someone, I come away and I say, thank you, Father, for what I'm called to because it reminds me of the gospel. It reminds me of the goodness of God. It reminds me of the faithfulness of God. It reminds me of what Jesus has fully accomplished. It reminds me of grace. Consistently, why? I love the grace of God so much. It's because I see the grace of God touching me and touching others while I minister to them. I, I if the Lord he wants to rebuke me when I get to heaven, if he wants to, he can say, Richard, you over-exaggerated the goodness of God. You told people that I love them too much. And then I don't mind that one. But he's not going to do that because I'm ever, I'm ever discovering the unfolding realities of the goodness of God and the kindness of God. You see, it's the goodness and the kindness of God that brings me to repentance or metanoia or a change of mind of who he is and what the world looks like and why I exist in it. I get to minister to people. Number two is my peers. You see, you need peers because iron sharpens iron. Shing, 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 shing. You see, we, we living stones, eh, friends? And those living stones rub on one another, and eventually we rub the rough edges off one another. But you need peers that disagree with you well. You know, there's disagreeable people. I've got people in my life who will disagree with me for my benefit. They're not just disagreeable. They're my peers, and we'll argue, and we'll wrestle, and we'll laugh, and we'll hug one another afterwards, and we'll love one another. 
that's so important for my life. I've got peers. And peers, not to say that we're at the same stage spiritually, but I've got peers who I want to learn from. Because everybody's life speaks. Everybody's life is a manual that I can learn from. And then I've got leaders in my life that I choose very specifically who I listen to. I might not have them face to face, but I choose to listen to that voice that speaks, that brings me closer to the Father. And I sit and I, I listen intently. I'm saying, Father, every word I hear spoken, I want to hear you. What are you saying to me in that? Because any message, people can walk out and go, I got that, that, and that. And the other person is like, how did you get that? I got that, that, and that. So that's the beautiful thing. If we're listening with a heart to, to hear him. They're gracious in counsel and correction. They're present. They carry a father's heart, not only an instructional reality to their leadership. I'm for you. I'm for you. So I position myself to listen. Well, what about our future? What, what is the voice of the future saying to you? Is the voice of the future one of dread, which is this, a fearful, confident expectation of bad? That's dread. Or hope, which is a joyful, confident expectation of good. Because that's how we live, and that's, we either like Tigger, Tigger is bouncing, he's like, damn, this is the future, or we Eeyore, one of the two. <laughs> how, how, how do you want to live? You see, what revelation, there's so much revelation in the word that can keep you close. I just want to give you three. Number one, he's a good father. James 1.17, whatever is Good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation became his prized possession. He's a good father. Number two, Jesus' blood has brought you near. Ephesians 2, verse 12, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. The blood of Jesus has redeemed you, has forgiven you, has justified you, has made you righteous and brought you into right standing with God. You couldn't do that on your own. We needed Jesus to do that for us. He sanctified us, he's cleansed us, and he's made us new. The blood of Jesus brings you near. Number three, the Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus said at Luke 24, verse 49, that's number three, and behold, I'm sending you the promise of my Father upon you. 
Stay until you're clothed with power from on high. See, the Holy Spirit is there to lead you, to guide you, to teach you, to comfort you, to encourage you, and to enable you. Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you, teach you, comfort you. I'm just reminded of a story that I need to tell. My friend Keir Taylor, he's ministered here before. He was a sleuth scout in the Zim War. And uh, they went into an operation, and there was eight of them versus 2,000, and they went into an area, and uh, eventual uh, whole lot of um, guys were shooting all over the place, and uh, the eight had a lot of ammunition. The guys on parade had all their weapons they weren't supposed to. It was Renamo versus Frelimo at that time. And he got shot. And it hit his artery, and uh, at that time, he just said, his mother told him, he said, one day if you're in a, in a place that you know that you're going to die, just do this, say the words of Jesus, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he did that, and everything slowed down, and you must read his book, it's a phenomenal book, a weapon in his hand. And he could see the bullets going very slowly, and the blood started to not squirt anymore, but dry up. And then they were on a journey for about eight days before uh, he got into the military hospital and they got sorted out. But he carried on being a soldier after that. And he said, uh, he went to watch a movie called Ben-Hur and in and through it had a very similar experience to Ben-Hur and he gave his life to Jesus after that movie and got filled with the Holy Spirit very, very soon after that. And he was still operative uh, in Zim at that time, and the Holy Spirit would show him where to walk in minefields. And he said to his troops that were with him, that his guys that were with him, he said, if you step where I step, you'll be safe. They said, how do you know that? He said, just trust me. God's leading me. And, and, and you, you'll find it in the testimony of his book. After that, they captured so many terrorists without using weapons. They just went in late at night, all these times, got in because the minefield should sort everyone else out. Now, the voice of God for you is for your business, it's for your family, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, the Holy Spirit wants to speak. He wants to show you things. He wants to, the Bible says the Holy Spirit shows you what is still to come. The creator who knows all things wants to show you and I what is still to come. He wants to lead and guide. And I want to I end with this. Encourage our connection time with the Lord. I want to encourage our prayer life. I want to, you have to use different language because the word, word Pray means something to so many people. And if you've lived in a legalistic, striving reality, religious with God, then praying is not fun. Because you're praying to get to a stoic father that can never be pleased. Or you can connect with God 
because a bridge has been built, his name's Jesus, and you enter into the throne room of grace with confidence, you receive mercy, and you find grace to help you in a time of need. It's profound in the difference, because then praying is fun, because you're with your Father. But the disciples, I can imagine it, they put two and two together. They had seen Jesus do everything. They're watching his life, watching his lifestyle, watching his life, watching him do that. He walked on water there. He multiplied food there. He healed that person there. There were miracles here. He calmed a storm there. Did all of these things. They're watching his life. They're watching his life. And they put two and two together because the disciples never came to Jesus and said, teach us how to heal, teach us how to do miracles, teach us how to walk on water, teach us how to multiply food. They asked him one thing, teach us how to pray. Because they put two and two together. It's like he goes up to the mountain, he spends some time there, he comes down, and a whole bunch of stuff just happens. So like, they're wanting to build stuff. Like, hey, Jesus, there's so many people around you. Let's stay here, and let's do this massive crusade. And Jesus comes down from the mountain and says, I'm going there. Because Jesus told me to. You see, Jesus lived his life like this. I do nothing but what I see the Father do. I say nothing but what I hear the Father say. Because he was close. He, he went to the source. You see, Jesus, in his humanity, it's profound that you and I get his humanity because he didn't exist in his deity existed in his humanity because it shows us that you and I can relate to the Father. He was a man in right standing with God, filled with the Holy Spirit, like you and I who are born again. we just in the discovery of what Christ-likeness looks like. And the Holy Spirit wants to conform you into the likeness of Christ. So praying or being with God. Mine's transitioned because it got stale, and it got stale because the Lord told me he was bored. <laughs> so I realized, okay, I better change some things up. You see, routine needs to be changed up and shaken up a little bit. Because the Father loves to keep it fresh. You see, the Father doesn't keep things from me. He keeps things for me as I engage and pursue in my future with Him. No, the Father doesn't keep anything from me. Romans says this. He who did not spare His own Son but freely gave Him up for us all, how will He not freely and graciously give you all things? So He's given me all things, but the pursuit of the kingdom is my pursuit. You see, the things you need in the kingdom come to you, but the things you want in the kingdom you must pursue. And why? Because the Father loves you close. That's why. He, he wants you close. He loves you. He's a desire for you. He has a desire for your life, and He has a desire for those you can influence. So my prayer time has changed. I probably worship for three quarters of the time because worship renews my mind. Renew a mind renewed because there's so much clutter going on in my mind. And usually prayer equals shopping list, God, please do. Worship helps you realize what God has done. And then I, I read the scripture while I'm worshiping because why? 
it's that what brings alignment in my life and brings the government of God or brings His Lordship in my life because then I'm agreeing with what He says instead of what my circumstances or my world or temptations or all of those things that are speaking to me. You see, here's the thing. What you agree with, you empower. If you agree with a lie, guess who you are empowering? You're empowering a liar, the father of all lies. You're empowering a liar. If I agree with truth, I empower the truth giver to bring revelation to me. And then I listen. I listen better now. I used to tell God how we could change the world. And then we did. There's like, Rich, there's a better way. There's a more long-lasting way. Then I listen. And when I listen, I get up and I go and do. I don't wait. So Price Satoli taught me this one thing. It stuck with me for the time since I've been with him. Rich, listen to the first voice. Second one's going to confuse you and bring you into doubt. Because often what the Lord, as you're walking with him, will ask you to do stuff that the world looks at and goes, hmm, really? Because why? What you do is going to impact somebody's life. It's going to impact culture. It's going to influence your sphere of influence. I want to pray for us. That's my way of shaping up my, my prayer life. You must ask the Lord how you can shake yours up. Because maybe yours is 45 minutes of reading. I, I don't know what it is. But you've got a father who loves us each equally and uniquely. We're the same, but we're beautifully different. So I want you to close your eyes with me, please. So Heavenly Father, I first and foremost want to just pray over this word. I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in the room and you're convincing us that the Father's good. And Father, that you want to speak to us by your Spirit. I thank you. What's going to come out of this place as you speak and as we listen and as we respond? And I thank you, Father, that you speak kindly and you speak tenderly. You speak firmly on purpose, not to harm us, but to help us. And it's usually a reminder of our identity as sons and daughters. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray this, that you create within us a hunger to know you, to pursue you to pursue the one who's pursuing us already. Thank you, Father. And Holy Spirit, I know that you're in this place today, and I thank you, Father, that Jesus, because you're present, you draw all men to yourself. The Father's drawing you. You might not know him, or you've walked away, or maybe you've had a religious understanding who God is. He's a good Father, and he desires for you to come into the kingdom. The Bible says that we must be born again. And what that means is, you give your life to Jesus to be made new. Because he's got a favorable eternity for you. 
that's in Him, with Him, not away from Him and not apart from Him. And I thank You, Father, that in that moment, we got transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I thank You, Jesus, that You're the Savior of mankind. But today, people in this room or people online will choose to make You Lord. The Bible says this, if we confess that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is within your heart that you believe and you are made or declared right with God, righteous, justified, made perfect. And with your mouth you confess and salvation comes into your life. So I thank you, Father. I thank you for divine moments in people's lives in this room and online and in homes. Divine moments that change people's lives forever because they meet the one, the one who created them, the one who loves them, the one who has a destiny and a plan that fits in with his life for you. So I thank you, Father. In this moment, if that is you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've got a plan for my life. I thank you that before the foundations of the world, you've known me, that you formed and fashioned me and created me to have a relationship with you. I thank you today that I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me, that you've took my life of sin and that you've rid that out of me and that you have made me righteous. You've been raised from the dead, Jesus. Therefore, you're alive. And I give my life today to a living God. Father, Creator, today, I boldly say, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. You know my name and you know my future. I give my life to you, Jesus. I give my everything to you. Thank you for the incredible love that you have for me and for my family. Today, this day, my life has changed. Holy Spirit, I pray for every single person that acknowledged, that received you, I thank you, Holy Spirit, your tangible love, tangible presence. Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5, that the love of God, that you're pouring it into our hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.